The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. Um, events and actions. Um, basically, that it sounds surprisingly like signals and slots, and it's kind of something similar, a similar concept. So events are uh, the stuff, or that's the name in, in, in Cocoa Conventions, for uh, uh, stuff that is generated by the user or the, uh, sometimes also the system in case that it's a, a timer event or something like this um, that, that uh, uh, automatically fires every now and then. That's typically treated the same way as a user would click somewhere. That's, uh, there's no difference there. This corresponds to the input I from the formal widget model that you had in the previous lectures. Um, actions are typically what's generated by objects, for example, by menus, in response to lower level events. So um, this is then the A in the widget model. Um, so interface builder, and as I said by now, that's integrated in Xcode itself, uh, lets the developer connect actions to custom objects. Um, if, you, uh, if you declare them with a IB action constant in the source. So you can basically define your methods as IB actions and then you can, in Interface Builder, if you have a representation there of, your, um, of, of, the, of the, the class, of the object that has this method, you can simply drag anything, uh, uh, basically the, 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 the button event to that action and connect it. Uh, similarly, as you would connect signals and slots in, in Qt, for example. Usually, every uh, uh, WYSIWYG interface editor has something like this, which kind of makes sense. Um, so responders is now, that's, that's basically um, what most UI objects are. Uh, they are subclasses of this, as you saw in the brief uh, uh, class hierarchy that I showed you. Um, and those are then those exact options that, that basically implement actions and that can respond to these events. Um, so what happens if, if, a, if a user event enters uh, this, uh, your application? It basically goes through all the vid widgets hierarchy uh, which are, as I said, uh, then responders, if, if I, I mean the widgets are the UI elements, and then figures, tries to figure out, is this the correct one, can I do this? And it, um, uh, it, it finds this, for example, if you click on a button, it then figures out, yeah, this button can handle this event, the click event. For example, a label might not do that, it might not do, so the event gets uh, uh, passed through to the next widget, a potential widget, so the last, uh, chance you basically have to do uh, to catch this is in the I think in the application delegate. If, if everything else fails, the uh, NS application asks its delegate whether it can handle the event. And then if it if it has a specific um, method to handle this, it does so. And the framework itself takes care of the responder chain. So what's the responder chain? Uh, you know, easiest way to 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 think of this is as where is the focus in my window, right? Sometimes. Uh, you have, might have multiple text fields and so on, and they're not on top of each other, so it's not possible to figure out which one is basically comes before the other one. That might even dynamically change. If you press tab, you typically switch through all the tab fields. You know this from applications. So uh, the framework already has the code necessary to do that to figure out uh, which is the first responder. Where should events uh, get, get through first? And this might change dynamic, uh, dynamically on, um, uh, during runtime, as I said. Uh, due to user actions. If, if you wouldn't have that, it would be a pain probably to use any software. Um, as I said, you would typically add a delegate 
um, then. So what the actual responders typically do is they get, they receive an event and they want to handle it. And the first thing is they ask their delegate. So for example, they say something like, um, I'm going to highlight now, or I will uh, load new data or something like that. And then you have still a chance to basically circumvent that. Sometimes you can even say, well, no, don't do anything. I'm pretty sure that this event is not, not really the right one for you, and you simply drop it. You could even swallow it and make it go away. Um, so with the, uh, to, 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 to do all this, you need to write your own IB actions. Um, so how can you uh, connect otherwise uh, things in, in Interface Builder? Uh, typically with outlets. So outlets are instance variables that you can uh, uh, use to refer to other objects. And that's typically done when you want, I don't know, for example, you have your table view, as I said already, you want the delegate. It has an outlet that is named delegate. And then you can simply drag from the table to, or control drag actually, to the object that you want to set as this delegate. And then that means they're set. Um, so if you, in, uh, uh, in your code, uh, write something marked as an IB outlet and then have that object in, an, in the interface builder, you can simply, uh, it, it recognizes it and displays the according UI for you to connect it. Um, yeah, as I said, uh, uh, if a custom class wants to display a result in a text field, it needs an outlet that you then connect the text field to. So in your custom class, you can then write blah, 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 my instance variable, which is the outlet which was set, set the text to whatever. Um, okay, so I talked a lot about Interface Builder already. Um, it's a graphical tool um, to, uh, to create UIs for Cocoa and Carbon. And as of now, it's integrated in Xcode. And the resources are stored in zip files. So that's pretty much uh, what you saw in, uh, in the Qt Quick demo, where you had the QML files, I think. And a zip file is pretty much the same thing. It used to be a NIP file, but these days it's an XML, so it is compiled XML, but uh, uh, so they changed it to zip, not to confuse to the uh, compression uh, extension. Um, so an application typically reads the main zip file at start automatically, so you can set that typically the behavior, but usually that's uh, the main zip file. And then it, it, it's read it, it, it loads the objects that are serialized in there, basically it's reads them into memory, and then it uh, uh, displays the stuff. Typically there's, as I said, uh, user interface elements in it. Um, if you need additional zip files, for example, if you have a document-based application, you have certain kinds of, of different documents, uh, there's typically a mechanism in the, in the framework to load the according zip file automatically, and then you, you can go from there. Um, so for example, if you wanna display a specific dialogue that is designed, um, in another way. So the great benefit of this is actually that you could have people working only on the interface with this, and they could also only work on a part of the interface, you know, make this error dialogue or this file selection special dialogue uh, uh, neat, and, and then uh, uh, we'll, we'll mash it together afterwards. So how are you supposed to do that? I already talked a lot about uh, connecting stuff with each other and so on. Um, so Apple basically recommends or wants you to use MVC, um, the model view controller paradigm. I think you already talked about this in the class. So that's, uh, they, they have a small adaption. I think in the classes model, now correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you had also, you have also seen ways to basically connect the view and the model so that the view is tied to the model. Uh, Apple actually strongly discourages that and always wants you to go over the controller 
to have um, uh, to have this. So, um, and if, if you really do it uh, the way Apple wants you to, the model has absolutely no idea how uh, it is how it, the data that it represents is, is, is visualized, and the view has absolutely no idea how the data that it displays is later on uh, saved. Uh, the main benefit between this is that it makes um, both very reusable and it also makes um, uh, them very interchangeable. So you can typically very easily change out the model without taking care of the view. You might switch from uh, um, my uh, SQLite storage to an XML storage, for example. This, these are two default ways to, to store stuff, as we will see later. Um, and uh, yeah, if, if they were really tied to each other, that uh, uh, probably uh, would be a little harder. So yeah, that's the way Apple wants you to see this. Um, sometimes the view has a reference to the models, but um, uh, uh, not typically that's not the case. Um, so the controllers are also the objects usually setting this, this whole thing up. So the controller is typically loaded before any view or the model for that. So you need to, uh, uh, so the controller then also says, for example, yeah, I want to load something from disk and then instantiate the according model object. Um, and typically the controllers are also the classes where you write your actions that then actually do something with the uh, stuff that happens in the view when people click something. Okay, and I think as a last, probably, or second to last thing for today, I'm going to try to give you a quick demo of the Interface Builder basics. Um, back to Xcode. Um, we're gonna start with a new project, and um, this time we're gonna write a Cocoa application. Um, so, includes a GUI basically. Um, I call this uh, uh, temp because it's a small temperature converter that we're gonna write, a very basic one. Um, and to tease you a little bit of Swift, um, I'm gonna use Swift right now. Uh, and we can also use the storyboards, although we're not making uh, much use of that, but since we've just introduced them uh, and said that they are also available in OS X, I'll, I'll quickly show you. Okay, um, we'll create the project. And this is now basically everything you get. You get a lot more uh, files right here. So um, we have a so-called main storyboard. As I said, we're using storyboards and this is basically where your graphical user interface um, is, um, yeah, is, is stored. And uh, as soon as we click on it, you will see Interface Builder will basically pop up. It's now integrated in Xcode, but uh, you can define um, the look um, of your UI. Um, we also now have Swift files instead of um, implementation and header files. Um, and as you can also see, it comes with a view controller, so we are making much more use of the model view controller paradigm right here. Okay, um, before we're going to start uh, writing some code, um, let's just start uh, with the user interface. Um, so you know the typical design approach, um, you probably know from DS1 is uh, we'll start with some kind of a, a prototype first. So. We have um, a so-called uh, window controller here. We can see our application window in here. And then with that or within that window, we have a view controller linked. And that is basically our uh, view controller that we're going to use or that is um, already linked to this class here. So we're going to put everything um, for our application within this um, uh, view controller here. And this is actually a view, but it's linked with a view controller. Uh, so for our temperature converter, we need some kind of uh, a label. Um, maybe let me show this here. So we have a library of, of different widgets here. 
um, let's make it a little bit larger. Uh, I, can, I can type in something here, but there, as you can see, there's a bunch of different widgets available that I can pick from, uh, from the Coco um, toolkit. Uh, so let's add a label. I can just drag and drop that here. And as you can see, I can also get some uh, guidelines here um, that tells me where I should place the label. For example, I shouldn't place it too much to the left-hand side and too much to the top um, because, yeah, that just does not apply to the human interface guidelines that Apple um, um, gives you. So um, I can just double-click and I say Fahrenheit, for example. Uh, I need one more label for Celsius. Um, I could now drag over another label again, or I can just alt-click on a label that I've already placed here, and that will typically, it should create a copy, yeah. Um, so I call it uh, Celsius. So I have two labels now right here. Uh, can you some... briefly show the, uh, the the distance alignment guides that are given to for, like how far they should be away from each other? Easier? Yeah. Yeah. So there's another blue line. Um, not sure if I can turn on. Well, I don't have enough fingers to turn on the zoom mode right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you can see here there is another blue line here below the Fahrenheit label that tells me, well, don't push it right there. Just leave some space here uh, for the alignment. Plus, of course, the, the left hand alignment so that they're underneath each other. Right? Yeah. Um, so. Um, Let's add some, um, some text field here. So something where the user can enter a, a value. I place that next here to the Fahrenheit. And um, as you can see here, there's also, it's not really much visible, you can see it hardly. Um, there's another blue line right here. So the alignment to the left-hand side, it says, okay, leave some space to the label. I'll place that here. And then I need another one. And again, we have some alignments here. Um, it should be centered. Yeah, I'll place that here. So we have now two text fields, and I also need a button to press so that I can say, well, convert right now. Um, that's uh, to show you um, how IB actions work. So I have a bunch of buttons here. I'll pick a push button. Um, I can place it here, and I call that convert. also get alignment information here. And then I can resize this canvas here. And you can see there are also, again, some guidelines here telling me, OK, that is the minimum space that your user interface needs. So what I can do now is I can run my application. And what you will already see is the UI. But of course, there's no functionality yet. I haven't implemented anything. But here's my window. And I have a text field. I can type something in here. I have another text field here, and I can click a button. Well, get all the, the look and feel, basically, but um, there is no logic behind this, no connection. So I now need somehow uh, to have access to the button um, or to the text fields, for example. And this is um, pretty cool in Interface Builder. So what we can do now is. We can open up here another view, and um, I'll put my um, view controller in here. That's basically where all now the connections go from the view um, to what you want to do with the views or, or get data from. And um, I need two properties, um, two properties for my text fields, the Fahrenheit text field and the Celsius text field. 
So I want to read the values that the user typed into the text field. I maybe want to set the values into the text field. So I can select the text field right here. Then I hit the control button, and then I just drag a line into the code file here, into the view controller. I can just release it here. And then we have this pop-up menu here. It um, says, OK, um, it suggests me to create a connection for an outlet. And as I said, an outlet is basically just a property. Um, and I can give it a name. I call it uh, Fahrenheit uh, text field. It's of type NS text field. By default, it's weak uh, storage. Um, we'll come to that later uh, next week. Um, this is more specific of Swift. So, um, and we can do the same here for um, the other text field. This is the, uh, the Celsius um, text field. We connect that. And we can recheck these connections. So if I move my mouse over here, over this uh, circle, you can see that this here is selected. So I can check, OK, where these things are connected to. I could even reconnect if I did it incorrectly without having to rewrite the code, basically. Um, so um, then the next thing that we need is um, a connection from our button to our view controller. So same functionality, basically. I uh, control click and drag a line here. This case, it's not uh, a property, but a method that I want to call when I click the button. So I select the action, the IB action, basically. I can give it a name, for example, convert. Um, you can set a type to NS button. It's actually not important here, um, but um, just to make it consistent. And then it creates an IB action for me. And um, in Swift, functions are always um, initiated by the keyword func. The function is called convert. And um, it uh, takes one argument, the sender, in, in this case, NS button, um, which is not important to us. So um, this is basically um, the connections from your UI to your view controller. Now we need to add some code, of course. Um, for that, let me quickly peek and copy some stuff. Um, first of all, I have two functions to convert. Um, these would actually go into the model file, for example. So this is um, a function that converts um, Celsius to Fahrenheit. It takes a um, parameter uh, degree Celsius of type double. And what it does, it returns a double value. In Swift, you have this, um, this arrow symbol. And then you put the return type. And then inside, you return degree Celsius times blah, blah, blah. Um, similar for the other way around. Um, still, I have no connection to my, to my um, button when I click it. So that's why we're going to add some uh, more code right there. Uh, let's do this step by step. So this was the function that is called when I click on the button. Um, what I do first is um, I get basically the value from the text field. Uh, we had one that was called Fahrenheit text field. We had one that was called Celsius text field. I can get the string value, and I can put that in a string. Um, as you can see here in Swift, we um, use these keywords let or var. Let is for a constant. Var is for a variable. I would not even have to um, type the, the type here, string. As we said, we have type inference by 
uh, with Swift, so the compiler would automatically know, okay, you're going to return a, a, a string value, so this is going to be a string. But just uh, let's keep it here. Um, I also want to get the double values here. Um, we'll see later on why I want the string values here, because I just want to check, is, is the text field empty? Then in that case, don't do any conversion. So now we're going to put the logic in here. I'll copy that. So what does it do? Um, it checks if um, the string of the Fahrenheit text field is empty. And, and if it's not, then, well, let's do some conversion because there is some number in there. We get the double value here. Um, and then we just convert that to Fahrenheit using my um, help function that I wrote. And otherwise, I check for the um, other text field if there's something in there. And if so, um, I can convert the Celsius uh, to Fahrenheit. Of course, in this case, it checks from top to bottom. So if I have some uh, value in my Fahrenheit text field, uh, it will ignore anything that I've put in the Celsius text field. But let's try this out now um, to see if our connections work. So we can compile. We'll succeed it. And now I have my window here. Maybe we get rid of this and these other windows. So I can now type in, for example, a value here, 50. So 50 degrees Fahrenheit, I can click on convert. And then we get our conversion into Celsius. And now I can, for example, if I want to know how, many, uh, how much is uh, 50 degrees Celsius, I can click on convert. And it will tell me, well, that's 122 degrees in Fahrenheit. Uh, and I didn't write that much code. Um, I started with creating the, the graphical user interface first. I dragged um, my connections into the view controller, and then I added basically the glue code, and that's everything to create this little application. Okay, awesome. Thank you. So this was the, uh, already a way to link up your code and your user interface in a more sort of effective and efficient way than having to do this all in source code. Um, so in a way, it's sort of like a GUI to build your UI rather than and, and the functionality link to your code rather than having to do this uh, textually in, in source code. Um, pushing this a little further, um, the developers behind the, uh, the toolkit realized that a lot of times you actually just want a view that keeps something in, you know, displayed in, in synchronicity with what's in the model. You know, the current speed of your race car in your model, that'll go on your dashboard all the time. So rather than having developers write and build all these, you know, oh yeah, we need to check that value and yeah, please update this and, and pull a link here and pull a link there. Rather than having to do this all the time yourself as a developer, um, the IDE provides a way through what's called Cocoa bindings to do that automatically for you. Um, I've been following the, the, the Apple sort of development environment now for well, 20 years or so. And what I've noticed is that they've constantly tried to remove repetitive, stupid development work from the developer and make that sort of be provided by the toolkit. So trying to be you know, good sort of usability citizens, I guess, even for the developers. Um, and this is one of those examples. So um, with Cocoa Bindings, you keep an MVC model and an MVC view synchronized without having to write all that glue code. Um, you know, the example table of students or the race car uh, would be one of those. Um, and what Cocoa Bindings basically do is they automatically define the MVC controller for you, the one that's sitting in the middle of that. Even more so, 
Oftentimes, let's say you actually, I ask you, write a student uh, um, management app, right, that manages student records for the university. You're like, oh, it's going to be another one of those. Like, yeah, it's going to be a database, and the database is going to have records, and those are going to be displayed in a table view, and it's like super boring. Um, because, again, Apple realized that this is super boring. It provided an automatic way of doing this. So rather than having to write lines and lines and lines of code where you often also make mistakes that then cost you, you know, expensive developer time, uh, there is also a way to actually provide the complete MVC model in a graphical way for you. So there is a graphical editor um, that lets you define your um, data model in, in a you know, like, like drop and drag, dra drag and drop way, and then automatically creates the user interface for that from it. And creating user interface automatically is always a little bit iffy, but if the task is straightforward, it actually works very nicely. It's clear that if you have a record of stuff, you want to probably put that in a table view. And so this system provides that. Um, and it, it actually goes way far, farther than that. Once you use that um, core data, it's called, um, system, it also automatically provides you with undo functionality. So somebody deletes a record in your, in your database, normally you would have to hold on to that record because they might, have to, they might change their mind and put it back in later, right? So undo is like, oh, you know, and implement undo. It's always the same, but you always need it. It's already there. If you use core data, it provides you with what's called a persistence framework. So it provides you with undo, it provides you with redo, um, it provides you with saving to disk, it provides you with reading from disk um, in you know, XML or a so-called SQLite, which is sort of like a, a, a small localized version of SQL uh, database format. So this is pretty cool. In the end, what you end up with is you have a core data managed file that core data creates for you. Um, that you just uh, specify graphically. The controller is automatically created with Cocoa bindings and, and your own controller objects that you couldn't make with Cocoa bindings because not everything is going to be automatically you know, plain vanilla. And then you've got your user, user interface, which is provided in XIB file. So literally, as we're going to see in the... Are we going to do this last demo, you think? We want to move it out? Okay, so as this like super teasing you know, thing for, for next time, what we can actually do is we can basically write a whole application that works without pretty much writing a single line of code. So we're going to show you that in the next demo. And until then, I'd like to thank you for your attention. See you again next week. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.